morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. We're really glad that you're all here today. We're wrapping up our series uh, called Immeasurably More, and we've been uh, looking at kind of a certain characteristic of God, and that's his generosity. We've been looking at that over the last few weeks, uh, really into kind of the character of God, the kind of uh, giver that he is. And we've been trying to establish through the scriptures that, that God is truly a giver, not, not a taker. And the reason we do that is if you're like me this time of year, uh, there's so much talk about being a generous person, uh, about gifts, and there's all sorts of things that, that go on around us that can really kind of appeal to the sense of giving to others or sometimes stress us out or get us in the spot where we're not exactly sure how to be generous or what we need to do to kind of fulfill this, this time of year when we're supposed to extend ourselves and look out for others. And we've talked about kind of the Christmas spirit and, and all sorts of things. And so today, uh, I'm going to wrap up by looking at some kind of practical handles of how do we take uh, this idea of generosity and actually begin to live it out in daily life. And, and that's one of the things that uh, anytime you spend time in Scripture, the, the question that we always want to ask as you read it is how do I actually apply this to my life? Uh, how does this impact my attitude? How does this impact what I do, how I treat people, uh, how I conduct myself at work, uh, how I plan for my future, how I view my past? And the scripture is always designed to allow us to do that. And so that's what we're going to kind of spend time uh, doing today. I, I grew up in, in church personally, and one of the, the things I remember about growing up in church was uh, every summer we would have something called Vacation Bible School. And this was kind of a time when you, you got together with friends and uh, you'd learn about Bible stories and you'd memorize verses and you'd kind of spend a week kind of learning a little bit more about who God is. And it was a kind of a great opportunity as, as I grew up and certain things I loved, like I loved the snack time, the game time. And but there was a certain part called, you know, you had to memorize scripture. And then depending on the church you had, you memorize scriptures. And if you memorized a few, you got prizes and things. But I remember the first verse that I ever memorized was John 3:16. Now, you may have know that verse yourself. You may have memorized it as well. It may have been the first verse that, that you memorized. But in John 3.16, it's also the sign that you see a lot of times at like football games or basketball games. Like people just hold a sign. You're like, John 3.16. Well, in that verse, you find really just one of the most important principles of who God is and how he has related to us on this earth. And that's the reason so many people have people memorize that verse First, And so we're going to look at that because what John 3:16 shows us and verse 17 is a lot about the generosity of God. And in fact, there's the link from God's love for us and generosity. And that's what you find. Love and giving are always connected. The reason that you give is because you love. That should be the primary motivation. And that is the primary motivation of God's relationship to us. The fact that he loved us, he gave to us. And he gave to us Jesus Christ. And so I want to read that. You'll see it uh, up here on the screen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So if you've been a Christian for a while, you, you may have remembered that verse. Uh, if you're new to Christianity, this may be the first time that you've ever seen it or heard it specifically 
uh, both verses. But out of these two verses, you find the core of what it means to know God and, and really to view God who he is. And you see here this idea, for God so loved the world, that's us, he gave his son. And so when we talk about Jesus Christ's birth, and many people and all across the world celebrate Christmas, but for us as Christians, that statement right there, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that's the direct expression of God's generosity for us. And I love verse 17 because there's so much that happens as we think about what, how God pursues us and the different thing God wants to do. There's just part of us that we, we get into fear. We get into this idea of God is out to get me. He has like this big thumb and he just wants to put it on top of my head and just kind of press down until we just submit to him. But what you find in verse 17 is it's actually the opposite, that out of God's generosity, he sent Jesus to save us, not to condemn so it's in that saving, that's the reason Jesus Christ is such a big deal. Because we realize that Jesus, through his birth and him coming and living a perfect life and dying on the cross for our sins, because we've all gone our own way, Jesus was the way that we are actually able to connect back to God. So in this two verses, you find this is the core of Christianity. And because of that, this makes God the most generous. There is no one that has ever outgiven God. There's no one who has directly expressed generosity more than God himself. Because no one has ever been able to save people because of their sin. The only person was God through his son, Jesus Christ. So this is the core of Christianity. It's also the core of Christmas. There is no Christmas without this. And so that's where I want to start today, kind of with this idea of that generosity flows out of love. And what you find in the scriptures again and again is because of what God has done for us, we are now given an opportunity to take a step of action with that. And again, that's what you always find. We have truth found in the scriptures and the scriptures are provided so we know how to live. When we talk about living, it means things that we actually do. And so God's generosity should compel us to act. And last week we talked about the fact that his generosity to us should compel us to become generous people ourselves. And so I want to look at some realities of that today. And we're going to look at a couple verses in Proverbs. And if you've ever read the Proverbs, you find kind of just a lot of wise sayings about lots of different themes. You can find Proverbs about wealth and poverty. You can find Proverbs about the good life versus the bad life, uh, how to use your speech, uh, how to live a wise life, how to kind of watch out for living a foolish life. And it's kind of this wisdom sayings that kind of provide, these are the, the guardrails and the boundaries to, to live life on. And so in the Proverbs you find, even related to this idea of generosity and giving, you find a lot of really helpful advice. So we're going to look at that. It's this idea of, of well, what, what's kind of the framework for being a generous person? And in Proverbs 11, you have a description of this, just found in two verses. And in these two verses, we're going to kind of walk through it. You'll see it up here on the screen. And also on your handout, the verse is actually written out. And that's just so you can see it kind of in the context altogether, those, those two verses. And so this is what it says. Again, this is like the reality of generosity. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. 
Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. So I just want to walk through some of the characteristics that you find. Again, the Proverbs were given to show us this is the way to handle giving and being generous. So I'm just going to unpack that and kind of like pull, what what does that mean? And so there's certain attitudes and actions. And so it starts with this idea that generosity actually takes action. It's not an idea. Many times we hear things and we like the idea of it, but it's just a phrase that we say. Sometimes love is like that, speaking of love. Uh, We toss around love a lot, but love in itself means action as well. And it's the same with generosity. To be generous means that you have to act, and that's why it starts with one gives. To be generous, you actually have to give. And so when we're talking about generosity over the last few weeks, again, the whole purpose of it is to think, what does that mean for what I should do? And it should always compel us because of God's goodness to us. The fact that he's filled us with so much, we should give of ourselves to others. So that's the action. But you also find right in the next word, there's an attitude and generosity. If it's real, if it's from God, it actually flows from a certain attitude. And that word there is freely. Freely. It's this idea that not only do you give, but you give so with an open hand, somebody can take it. It's something that, that you're not just trying to, yeah, here, here you go. Yeah, go ahead and pull it out. Yeah, take it. Yeah, it's yours, right? They, they can't take it. It's in your fist. You've got your clenched fist on it. This idea of freely, it's, it's an open hand. You're actually letting go of that. And that's really important because sometimes we give, but our attitude is we just, we don't want to. That was ours. We don't want to let go of that. We don't know if we're going to ever get that back, whether that's money, whether that's a gift, whether that's time. But that idea of of giving freely, this is something that as you walk with God, you realize that as we have an open hand with the things that he's given us, we can actually trust that he's going to come through and he's going to fill us back up. And so the action is important and the attitude is important as well. There's another aspect of this. You find that in the next part. It says, Yet grows all the richer. So one gives freely. There's a sense of the person who gives and is generous is never holding on to their stuff with too firm a grip. They're always willing that God can take their time, their resources. God can always have access. So they're willing to give. They're willing to give freely. But then there's a reality of this, that they grow all the richer. This is the description of now, once you've taken the action... And you have the attitude that God's going to take care of you. You actually find that he really does. And that is a reality of generosity again and again. When you extend yourselves to be generous with others, God takes care of you. He takes care of you. And so that idea of grows all the richer, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't seem to make sense, but that's this idea of blessing. God blesses you because you're actually doing what he himself did. So he gets behind that. He rallies that. I want to show a a Christmas clip today. And our family, every year, we get into the Christmas spirit of let's watch the movies that we always like to watch. And, you know, we kind of go through the list. Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Home Alone again, Home Alone 2 again. I love the Home Alone movies. But 
you know, we, we kind of go through the list. But there's a, a classic Christmas movie that are some like these are the people's favorite of all time. And it's, it's a wonderful life. And uh, some of you like that's your absolute favorite. They don't really make movies like this anymore. One, it's in black and white. And so some of you here will be like, like, is something wrong with the screen? No, it actually was made in black. They used to not have color. So this movie is one of those. So I want to I want to show you this clip because it actually represents the main character has kind of sacrificed himself to give to people in the community. He has this business and he gets in this dire situation where he's not sure if his business is going to make it. And what you find in this clip, and it's kind of long, but I want you to kind of experience the emotion of it. And I want you to experience this picture because it shows somebody who decided to extend themselves on behalf of others how he actually was blessed by that. And so if you've never seen it, this might kind of be an incomplete picture. So I encourage you to, to, to go home and watch it. Uh, if you have seen it, uh, then you'll just be saying every line with us. Okay, so let, let's watch it together. instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. George, the richest man in town. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. 
That's right. That's right. That's a boy, Clarence. I'll get you every time, right? See, when we, we view generosity like that's the scene we want. Like we want to start the movie with that. Like we want to experience that. But what you find is, is like in the movie, he, he didn't know that was going to happen. That came from his own sacrifice. That came from the choices that he made. And generosity is the same way. You never know on the back end what God is going to do. You never know how he's going to come through. And you, you don't know how he's going to bless the decisions you make. But that's what faith is. You make choices not knowing what God will do, but you have to trust that he is who he says he is. And because he loved us first and because he gave first, he knows what to do to fill us back up. So this proverb is saying that this is true. You will be richly blessed as you give freely. But it's something that you have to test. You can't know that. You have to decide to do it. Proverbs always talk, also talks about how giving generously, it protects us from emptiness. And this is something that we kind of have a common experience with, but it's also somewhat counterintuitive. Because it's giving a description of the one who gives freely and is rich. And then it says, another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. This time of year, there's actually a lot of movies that illustrate. You have It's a Wonderful Life and this, and then you have like Scrooge. And Scrooge is the exact opposite picture. What happens to somebody who's not willing to give anything? And so the the fear is always don't be a Scrooge at Christmas, right? We all have kind of a category of that person or the Grinch, right? These are like the opposite characters. But there's a sense in which this is kind of all of us. There's We don't know, again, how God's going to come through. We don't know if we give, if that's ever going to come back. And so there's this tendency to, you know, you just kind of want to tighten down your resources. You want to control things. And that control actually leads us to kind of just trying to define, you know, the boundaries and tighten it up and tighten it up and ratchet it and ratchet it to the point where we don't really want to extend ourselves for others. What this proverb is saying is as you do that, you're going to suffer want. The idea that you're, you're going to be deficient. It's like... You have something that takes one tool and you don't have that tool. So the thing that you actually need, you you don't have. And there's nothing you can do to have it or to get it because that's what God does. He gives you the tools. But as we're stingy and as we kind of cut people out, we're always in the position where we just we don't have enough. We're not taken care of. This is true. This is actually how life is. And you see this again and again in culture and in media. From personal experience, the more stingy I have been in my life, the less I think I have. That's how it works. Because you never have enough. And then it, it goes on. And this is true as well. When you are generous, it actually compounds blessing over time. And the last part says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. This is what was also happening uh, in that clip I showed. Another version says, whoever refreshes will be refreshed. So the idea of watering, it's, you know, dryness leads to, you know, without water, it just, it leads to death. But generosity is, is actually linked to this. You, you refresh others. As you give, 
your time to somebody and you're generous with your time. Just a specific example. Somebody's having a problem. They need to talk through it. And you're busy and you have lots of things on your plate and all the different places you have to go. But you know that you could be just a listening ear to this person. So as you get time with that person, you're choosing to be generous. You're choosing to serve them. And what this proverb is saying is as you do that, you will be refreshed yourself. Sometimes that happens in a conversation. I don't know if you've ever gotten with somebody and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't have time. I'm stressed. I've got so much I need to do. But you know you need to take the time to just help this person, listen to this person, get with this person, whatever it is. And then you find from that meeting it actually encouraged you. It helped you. That's why this is true. There's this thing in which sometimes as you extend yourself, even beyond the things that you really want to do, God blesses that. So what the proverb is saying, if you want to be refreshed... If you want to be this person that actually is watered and is not just drying up emotionally, drying up spiritually, drying up relationally, you have to choose to take initiative to give of yourselves to others. You have to take the initiative. I know for myself, I don't know if you've ever been in spots where you just kind of get, maybe you're tired, okay? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm tired, I can get a little irrational. Or when I'm stressed, I can just start thinking thoughts that aren't helpful thoughts. And then I kind of get into this mode of what, what I need from others. I don't know if you do this, but I do. Like if, if only this person would help me in this area, or if only I didn't have this to do, or if only I could get this and I'm just thinking about what people could do for me. And before I realize it, I, I have expectations. It can happen in the simplest things. You just have an expectation out of something that you want from somebody else, and they don't know it. And then those expectations kind of drive wedge between relationships, whether it's coworkers, whether it's roommates, whether it's family, whether it's spouses. But what you find is when your expectations of others increase, 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 and you have all the different things that you want somebody to do for you, again, it just it chokes the life out of the relationship. It's just dry. And it can wither. So instead of thinking what others can do for me, this proverb is saying you, you have to think, how can I help them? It's actually one of our hard attitudes here at Church in the Valley, putting the goals and interests of others above your own. That is a practical expression of love. That's how you're generous. You see what other goals and interests people have, and you look to help them. That's what this proverb is talking about. So I want to kind of shift gears. So if, if that's true, if, if, if the action something I need to do, and there's a certain attitude. Maybe there's just a certain factor where I need to trust that God will come through. Or maybe I just need to choose, you know, I need to take initiative. I need to stop waiting for people to give to me, but I actually need to extend myself for others. There's some, some ways that, that we can move forward together as a church. And so as we've been talking about this, my hope has been that, that we would really be compelled to, to realize all that God has done. Because that's where it starts. Last week we talked about the cup and how many times in life we have a cup that we think is empty. And so when we talk about giving or being generous, we look at our empty cup. And we think, I can't give of an empty cup. There's nothing in there. And so we may pour it out, but it's, it's dry. But what you find is, out of God's love, again, and through the sending of Jesus Christ, 
We have a cup that is always being refilled every day out of his love. So we never have an empty cup. It's always full. But you have to connect to the Lord Jesus for that to be true. You have to decide to do life his way. And that's when you experience this overflowing cup of God's generosity to us. And so there's kind of three things that we can do if if that is really true. If we decide to connect with God, and you may be a Christian, and you may be just trying to decide if if you're ready for that commitment. But wherever you are, there's a, a place in which once you decide to follow Christ, you have to turn the corner and realize there's no way I can just receive God's love and receive his generosity and receive his goodness and not act. Christianity is not a consumer relationship. It's always taking what God has given to us and extending it to the world. And that's our hope, that God would make us those types of people. And so I just want to kind of close out by talking through some specific ways we can do this. We can actually become generous. The first thing is decide to give and ask God to grow my generosity. Again, it may just be you need to take action towards being generous. It might be towards the church, it might be to a neighbor, it might be to a friend, it might be to a family member, but there's something that you just, you know that you are in a position to be generous. And you may not even have much money, you may not even feel like you have much time, you may not feel like you have anything to give, but you have to ask the question, what can I give to those around me? And here at Church in the Valley, we have people that are generous, And even as a church, it flows out of people that have decided to give that's allowed us to do the things that we can do. So as I shared in that that video, that was a direct expression of people giving generously to the church. And that allowed us to, to shift from the auditorium to the cafeteria. As we do outreach events and we tell people about our church, without people giving generously to Church in the Valley, we can't do that. And as we support missionaries and as we... We try to extend ourselves and start new churches in different areas. That all flows out of people being willing to give. And that's just related to the church. I could go on and on how this is true in relationships as well. But it starts with this idea of you, you have to decide to give. And then see how God can grow your generosity over time. The second thing is as important And that's choose contentment as God grows my generosity. I heard one guy say like a budget. A budget is how much money you have and then you decide kind of where you're going to send all your money, right? But I heard somebody describe a budget. It's a contentment plan. He didn't call it a budget. He says, this is my contentment plan. These are all the things that I have right now to be a content person. And out of my contentment plan, I can give and I can kind of design my budget from that. But again, if if we're not content, if we don't think we have what we need, it's very hard to extend ourselves to others. It's very hard to give to anything outside of ourselves. Because again, we don't give out of what we don't have. And so what I want to encourage you to do is think through all the things that you have been given. And you may not even be sure that that was from God, but you have it. Think through all of what that is, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's a place to live, whether it's a car, any other material possession, a paycheck, whatever it is. Think through all that you have been given. 
Because there's something about the power of actually identifying what we have that compels us to realize that we actually have been taken care of. We may not have everything we want, but it seems like we have everything we need. And there may be even some things that you think you need that you don't have, but you're still able to function. And again and again, choosing contentment is is so important. Um, If if you picture a a pyramid, and bear with me, I don't have this on the screen, so you're going to have to like visualize this, but there's a pyramid, right? Usually we approach generosity like it's at the top of the pyramid. Now, like any pyramid, the top part is the smallest, right? And then it flows down and you build the pyramid on the base and the foundation. Well, on the foundation of the pyramid, you guys follow me? This is like so confusing. It's right here. On the base is like your income, like what you have, like what you've been given. And that's okay. That's how I view my finances because I can only give out of what I have. That's the bottom of the pyramid. Above that second layer. See, that's that's bottom. That's top. Not top, but second. Confused yet? This is my my needs. These are things I need to live. I can't get around it. I just need those. Above that, the third layer is my wants. These are things that I don't need to live, but I really want them. And I need to want them. (laughs) Okay, these are things that you just, you don't have to have, but it makes life easier, whatever that is. And then on the top is generosity. What God wants to do over time as we walk with him and walking with him is this description of it's actually knowing God and it's spending time in the scriptures. And as you face a difficulty or you face a situation, you decide, well, I have my own reflexes and then I have God's word. And some of the time those aren't the same. So in any situation we face, we have to choose. Are we going to trust God's word, the truth and base our decisions and our actions off of that? Or our own reflexes. And walking with God is over time. We slowly want to, as God helps us, keep choosing the truth over our native reflexes. So as you walk with God over time, he actually wants you to flip that pyramid. And he wants you to view everything you've been given, not out of your needs, not out of your wants, but actually out of generosity. That's what you build. The foundation of your life on. It's how can I be a generous person? Because again, you build the pyramid on the foundation. And what God does is he wants you to experience that you're not going to be ripped off. He's not going to take advantage of you. He's not going to just strip you and so you don't have anything to live off of. He will take care of you. And so when you realize that God builds his giving based on generosity, that's the foundation on which he's designed life. As you match that and your pyramid matches his pyramid, you're trusting that God will actually take care of you. And so contentment and generosity now become the filter in which you look through. And that's what happens over time. It's actually crazy talk. If I were to go out, you know, on Main Street and I'll hammer and just say, hey, turn your pyramid upside down. I might not start with that, but it, it doesn't make sense. It's very counterintuitive. You hear that a lot, like the way you get is you got to give it all. And then sometimes, you know, send your check to. <laughs> That's not what this is. 
This isn't some sort of a infomercial. This is, this is actually God's word is true. And if you decide to give out of yourself, you're actually giving God an opportunity to bless you. Because you trust that, that he'll do that. And that's what faith is. And so contentment is very important, but it begins with understanding, you know what, I need to actually look at what I've been given differently. Not what I can hold on to, but what can I let go of. Not what I can get, but how can I be generous? And over time, you actually can be content with a lot less. But it's so hard. This is so easy to say, isn't it? And you just drive and you see billboards with stuff that you want that you never knew you wanted. You go to a mall. You go on Amazon. Don't get me started on Amazon. I love Amazon. But you know, you you just start looking at stuff. You're like, that's what I need. Really? Do you really need it? And that's what I'm asking myself all the time. Do I really need this? Well, no, but I want it. But you have to always keep that in check because it's such a pull. We just feel like we don't, we don't have enough. And then the third thing, and this is what I've been talking about, is trust God to come through and provide. You can't actually do any of this really with pure motives without a relationship with God. Because there's no way any of us would continue to give if our cup is not getting refilled. And so I believe God is the only one that can continue to refill us and continue to provide. And so it flows out of a relationship with him. And so what I'm not asking, if you're not a Christian, there's no way that you can fully do what the scriptures are saying here because you have to have God's help. You have to have his help. If you are a Christian, there's no way to do it without his help. And so you're always having to connect to God, allow him to be filling us with the truth of his word, praying back to him all the different things that we're encountering, all the different things that that we're trying to wrestle with. But what you do is over time as you do that, you realize God will take care of me. And so this isn't like five steps to being generous. This is actually a description of a relationship with God. And the reason you find this in the scriptures is because giving and money and all those things, those things are so consuming to us. They cause so much conflict. They cause so much worry. They cause so much stress. And so God, out of his goodness, knows that these are always going to be a pull to us. It's always going to be hard for us to be generous, truly. So his word is to to point us to the fact that as you connect with God, you spend time with him on a regular basis. He fills you up. And as he fills you up, you can be generous to others. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. I want to close out with, with an illustration from Eugene Peterson. He's an author and has done some different work. And he wrote a book called uh, Run with the Horses. And he gives an illustration of, of giving. And how giving is something that we, we kind of believe is true and generosity is true in nature, but we, we haven't experienced it. And so he was viewing these three like baby swallows that were on this dead branch. And he was just out in nature viewing this. And the mama swallow was coming along and pushing the three swallows 
to the end of the branch so that they would have to basically drop off and learn to fly. They'd never flown before. So he's watching this, and the, you know, it's hilarious. And if I had it on video, it'd be so much better. It's like my pyramids. Like, watch what I do. I'm going to be a swallow for the next 30 seconds. But so he, the mama swallow is just pushing the baby swallows. You can imagine the baby swallows just like, what's mama doing? Like, wait, wait, like we don't know how to fly. I'm a bird whisperer, so they chirp that. But, and you know, they, this is the end of the branch. And the first one gets to the end of the branch and just drops off the branch. And then there's water below. But right before the water started the wings and learned to fly and flew off. The second one, same things like, well, he, okay, he didn't, he didn't die. He flew. I'm getting to the end. I guess I'm just going to drop off the end of this branch too. And same thing happened. Got pushed all the way to the edge, fell off, but didn't hit the water, started to fly. Well, the third one. This is like the, the stubborn. This is, let's just call this one the youngest. <laughs> I was the youngest, so I could say that. That's not like a... So the youngest got there, and towards the end, he's like, I'm, I saw those two, but I'm different. And so got to the end, and Mama just kept pushing and pushing, and the bird wouldn't, wouldn't get off the branch. The baby swallow wouldn't get off. Finally, the mama pushed her enough, the baby swallow actually turned upside down and just had its, what are those, talons? Baby bird feet? Just hanging onto the branch for dear life. And so, you know, you think, well, maybe the, the mama is like, well, you know, I'll give it, I'll give it to you. You know, you're, you're just not ready to fly yet. You know what the mama swallow did? Started pecking at the feet. I mean, now, now you, you get this, you know, we're not animals, but that's a great, like, parent, you know, you're just going to do this, and I'm just going to start pecking at your feet. And so finally, you know, it's like just hanging on for dear life, and he's just like, Mom, like, I'm going to have to go to counseling the rest of my life, you know, and finally has to let go because, like, Mama swallowed, jacked him, you know, falls, and you know what happened? So Eugene Peters, he's just watching this. It died. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't resist that. Oh, let's pray. No. <laughs> oh, that was great. You guys were, well, of course the bird flew, but I just wanted to see if you guys were listening. So uh, I cracked myself up. Sorry. Um, so the bird, baby bird, stubborn bird, didn't hit the water, but flew just like the other two. And he goes on to say, so he's been working on this, this idea of trying to communicate generosity to humans. And he saw this picture, and it's like God just brought this about. And he says this, and it's up here on the screen. It says, giving is what we do best. So he's kind of tying it like the birds are made to fly, but this last one didn't want to do it. It says, it is the air into which we were born. It is the action that was designed into us before our birth. And that's because that's who God is. Some people try desperately to hold on to themselves. To live for self. This is what this third swallow is doing. They look so bedraggled and pathetic doing it, hanging on to the dead branch of selfishness and self-centeredness, afraid to risk themselves on the untried wings of giving. Yet many people don't think they can live generously because they have never tried. And that's what we're talking about. This wasn't a man-created idea of giving. Being generous. This actually flows out of God making us 
And when the scriptures talk about we're made in his image, there's certain characteristics to our purpose that tie us to God. And this is one of them. Being a generous person. When we are generous, as he describes, we use these, these, these wings. We fly on these wings of generosity. We're actually doing what we were made to do. And so I just want to encourage you to just think through that. Is there anything that you're holding on to, unwilling to let go of? And could that be the very thing that God wants you to give to him? And that could be the thing that allow you to be generous. Uh, there's some next steps that I want to walk through. I'm going to invite the band up. If you guys can come up. They're going to lead us in another song as we receive our offering. Uh, but every week we do some next steps. And these are just some ways to take practical steps based on God's word, maybe something that you just sense you need to do. And so I'm going to go through those very quickly. They're on your connection card. Uh, if you want to mark one of those, um, I'll pray with you this week that you'll be able to take that step. But the first one is determined to take a step towards generosity this week. Maybe there's just something that you need to do. You need to act. Maybe you need to have a certain attitude. Maybe you need to take initiative. But decide to do that and ask God to kind of direct you in that. You might want to memorize Proverbs 11:24. You'll see that on the handout. And then third, invite blank to the family Christmas service. As we've been gearing up for this service, I just want to encourage you to think through who's somebody that you can invite to church. To just kind of welcome them to, to this community. And so uh, we're one week away. And as a church, I've been praying for the different people that we're inviting. And so I just want to encourage you to, to consider that as well. Let's pray. God, thank you for the model that you set before us uh, through your son, Jesus Christ, and the, the really the picture that we have of generosity. We, we can't look anywhere outside of you and the sending of your son, Jesus Christ, that will actually compare to your generous love. There, there's nothing in the world. There's no other example that is the same. And so, God, we, we thank you for taking the initiative first to love us. We thank you for taking the initiative to be generous to us first. God, help us not to hold on to selfishness or self-centeredness. And God, if there's anyone here that's just not tasted this reality yet, they've not actually seen you come through for them, I pray that in the next few weeks, they'll decide to trust you. They'll consider following you. Or Lord, they'll just decide that Maybe in just one thing, they're going to see you come through. And so I pray that you'll do that, as I know so many of us have experienced you. So I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.